0: Welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast, a place for women to gather, to simply sit, be and remember who they truly are. I'm Carly, your host, and there really is nothing more magical to me than seeing what happens when women gather, when they share their stories, drop their walls and simply meet each other heart to heart. It is here that we will be having all the conversations that pertain to womanhood, no filters, Nothing off limits, just real, raw and juicy conversations. Our guests range from mostly women living in their career genius and sharing that with us, to everyday women who simply have a story in their hearts they know needs to be shared. The journey of woman is not a linear one. Stories are what bring us together, inspire us, expand what is possible, and also for us to know that we are never alone. These conversations and the occasional solo cast will be filled with all the good stuff. There may be tears, there definitely will be laughs, and one thing I can guarantee you is that there will be no masks, just real conversations with real humans. I hope you enjoy this journey as much as I do. Hello and welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast. I have a very special guest with me here today. I actually mentioned her in a previous podcast. I have a nutritionist with me and I said, I'm hoping to get her on. And I did. So I'm very excited to be having a conversation with Lydia Irving today um, from Internal Instinct. She is a nutritionist who Had a big pivot, I think, in her career, and is now in the world of um, pro metabolic eating. And I'm so excited about that because I haven't come across too many in Australia. And so, yeah, I'm very excited to have a conversation with her about you know where she started to, you know, having that big pivot in her career to now finding pro metabolic world, and yeah, where she's at today. So thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to share all things nutrition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I geek out on nutrition too. So, um, yeah, I reckon if we just start with where how it all began for you. So, you know, you started out as a nutritionist and, yeah, we'll go from yeah. there.
1: Well, I always love sharing my personal story because I think that's how I communicate best with people and after seeing hundreds and hundreds of clients through my practice I realized that we're all so similar in various ways so my personal journey with nutrition with food with my health started when I was very young I think I was so lucky to grow up with parents that were health conscious really really lucky because obviously that in like it gave me values around being aware of where my food's coming from and being aware of my physical health and well-being Amazing. Lee, like most of us today, the, the information was awesome that my parents were applying. There's a lot of awesome information and their, their intentions come from the exact same place my intentions come from. So yeah. I'm really grateful for that and it gave me the best head start, I guess, in terms of being an open-minded, potentially flexible nutritionist. Um, But it was rooted in vegetarianism. So I Mm. was raised predominantly vegetarian. I think when I was three, I was taken off dairy because I was getting tonsillitis. And then kind of from there, my relationship with with food was very tumultuous. I was Mm. very anxious around food. I had a lot of sugar cravings. And I think from the time I could speak and understand I was told that sugar's bad for you
0: yeah
1: so I remember um my parents had a beautiful whole food cafe incredible whole food cafe where they did sell meat and I did eat meat but it's my parents were vegetarian and my dad had a beautiful like philosophy that if he couldn't kill the animal then he can't eat it so he only ate fish which like total respect to him Um, on that journey however I I think I used my food intolerances and this kind of idea of like oh I don't eat much meat as a as a way of getting attention or being like the special kid at school and then it kind of moved into kind of like an eating disorder Mm. where it was Looking like I ate really well in front of people, but then binging on whatever I possibly could get when I was away from people. Yeah. And that started really, really young. And then just really like fussy eating and just a lot of moods. Like I was a very moody child. Um, And I was really tall. So (laughs) I am now six foot two. Wow. 188 centimeters tall. That's tall. <laughs> yeah. Tall. Oh, and um, I grew up on, you know, an organic property, like a hobby farm, and it was amazing. Really ideally, like, idyllic, dream up A creek and all that. It was really oh. nice. Um, but I was, I was quite sick a lot, like lots of tonsillitis, really lots of tonsil- tonsillitis. And then as I hit puberty, the most horrific migraines ever oh. as well. So... You know, getting my period wasn't a fun event. Um, But amongst all of this, even living on a property out in the middle of nowhere, um, because I was really tall and skinny, of course, one who is tall and skinny must be a model. And so from a really young age, there was a lot of pressure placed on myself by myself to um, Google what are the measurements and dimensions of a model. And so... (laughs) Wow. I think like 12, I was like, I've got to to be skinny the rest of my life. Otherwise I'm a failure. And then I started buying, you know, the Vogue magazines and all that kind of stuff. And I remember pursuing weight loss stuff from like the age of 14 at least. And I was skinny. So I don't, I don't know what kind of weight I was trying to lose then. Um, And I have so much love and respect for my parents that they, they enabled me to just kind of explore the world as I needed to. Like I grew up in such a safe environment, so I was able to explore the world as I needed to, which I think is really important. Amazing, yeah. It's why I've gotten to where I am now, and will continue to evolve too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it started very young this nutrition journey, and it's just this angry relationship with my body, an angry relationship with my diet, and trying to seek an illusion of perfect wellness and perfect appearance, um and, and I didn't know that was an illusion of course at the time and then uh I had a big traumatic event happen when I was 16 so you know we all have them we all have we all have them some stage in our lives, yeah many shapes but essentially my My life got completely turned upside down at 16 and I went from living on a little farm in the middle of nowhere to then living in the middle of Sydney in Mossman um, because my father actually died. So he had a really uh, sudden death. He had a uh, brain aneurysm, so he died really quickly. And it just went from like this cosy, lovely... Dream like life. Obviously, this is how I'm creating it in my head. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so- a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> the child, um, but at the age of 16, so I was 16, and he died suddenly. And so I went and lit, um, my sister, have an older sister, she's 10 years older than me. She's amazing. Her and her partner, they took me in, and I moved in with um, them. And at this stage, I was still identifying as vegetarian and still trying to under-eat and just the worst relationship with food still and then exacerbated by this insane trauma of just living in this bubble of stress and nervous system overload and going to a new school in Sydney, which was really awesome in the big like in the big picture. It was amazing. Um, but at this school, it, it's in the middle of Mossman in Sydney and I wasn't taking my lunch to school, so I would just... Get a coffee, a soy latte. <laughs> get my it's lovely. very classic. Yeah. Because <laughs> dairy uh, country. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, that was, I knew all about health then, right? Oh, I, yeah. And I'd go get healthy, like vegan muffin that probably was made with margarine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wasn't eating well. And then I'd binge on chocolate bars and Basically my hormones were a wreck, like an absolute wreck. And that's when I got um, diagnosed with PCOS and I worked with a really cool doctor who told me I needed more protein. Um, so that's cool. Okay, great. Mm. More protein. But there was nothing about the carbs. So <laughs> the journey to carbs has been a long one it's a big one. Yeah. But um, so that then sparked my interest around like how much food influenced my health. And my sister's partner was the first person to get me eating like a steak. Um, So that was, that was pretty amazing. That whole pivot then, that was a big deal, but really the healing hadn't started until I found, (laughs) until I found pro-metabolic eating. And so when I graduated high school, I just knew food really affected me and I wanted to understand the, the best way to be as healthy as I possibly can um, so I chose doing I chose to do a nutrition degree and it's awesome to do a nutrition degree and I'm so grateful for the degree that I got and for everything I learned there but it really bumped me as well
0: yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: orthorexia really came into play yeah <laughs> so that's a bit of my background yeah
0: Wow. So
1: um, we were just chatting before and um, so I went to Endeavor, Endeavor College in Sydney and um, did a few years there. And it was was a bit like there was a huge emphasis on supplements um, and, you know, all through the clinical application, it's all like, okay, what supplement do you prescribe for this? What supplement do you prescribe for that? And so... Once I finished uni, I feel like that college didn't set you up very well for what to do afterwards. No. So I'm actually one of the few people I actually went to uni with doing anything with their degree. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. It's
0: so crazy.
1: Um, but I was fortunate enough to get work experience with an incredible naturopath up in uh, Brisbane. Actually, um, she's an old friend of ours, Tina White. And I, yeah, I know the name. She's been around forever. Mm. Um, so I got to witness, you know, what it's like in a really busy naturopathic um, clinic. But again, I still think there's quite a big difference between nutrition and naturopathy. And so, yeah, look, I learned a little bit there, but then I just threw myself into opening my own practice. Um, and it's really feeling your way through. And unfortunately, it is a practice. And all your medical practitioners out there are practicing. <laughs> Learning as you go. Yeah. yeah. And um I was really, really fortunate that about three or four years ago, I've got to get my timelines right. <laughs> about yeah, three or four years ago, I was employed to work really closely with a local doctor. So I work alongside an incredible integrative doctor, and um, I was stepping into the shoes of a dietitian that was very much keto-based. So this is when I really stuffed up <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> uh, and this is the hardest thing, a really hard thing as a practitioner is, you know, I live in a small town. Um, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of local people Mm. that I see a lot and my first few years of practicing and then obviously then working close with this amazing doctor, um, you know, you see a lot of people and you learn very quickly what does and doesn't work. And unfortunately, keto was sexy. You know, you'd get these instant results with people with their diabetes with their hyperthyroid with their you know obesity and you say hey it's easy you just cut out carbs um you don't eat breakfast like internet yeah. no. <laughs> so that's the stuff I'm still yeah like I was a big like dairy's bad like I was taking people off it's like dairy-free sugar-free gluten-free yeah no fruit no potatoes no bread but it's quite weird because before I started working close with this doctor, I was actually running sourdough workshops. So it's been this big,
0: it's been, it's been very interesting this whole this whole journey. Yeah. I just love your willingness to pivot though. Like I just, I honour that so much because so many don't. So many don't. They'll just continue to hold on to this because they've created an identity around it rather than going, mm, actually, I don't believe that anymore. And, yeah, I love that you've done that. It's so correct in the identity thing um,
1: because that's how we identify. I am vegan or I am dairy free or yeah. I, am vegan. and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, exactly. what, when something traumatic happens and you have to drive your friend to the hospital and you're in a complete state of shock and the only thing there to eat is a Kit Kat bar, like, yeah. like what do you mean? Oh no, I'm like that's no, you're gonna
0: eat the Kit Kat bar, like. <laughs> Exactly. Even feel worse. Like (laughs) they're probably used to starving, though, from the bloody fasting. But so true. Um,
1: That was a really bizarre thing for me because I was recommending, and this is the thing: I apply everything to myself. I'm a Mm -hmm. real through the world kind of
0: person. Same, yeah.
1: Um. So I was doing the keto thing. I was doing the fasting thing. And I, I honestly was so confused as to why I was gaining weight (laughs) yeah and I was so close to getting an iron infusion because I was so tired and I was so anxious and I just felt like this feeling of like just like um, emptiness within my body. Like I felt like a shell of a being and I can't, now that I don't feel that way, that's what it felt like. I felt just so vulnerable to my environment mm. and we all know what happened in 2020 and that just annihilated me. So that's when I realized I wasn't coping. Yeah. Like I really, you know, everything that was happening globally just shook me to my core and I, I got so disillusioned with my work because at this time now I'd been at the doctors for two or three years. So I was seeing people after, after the, after the, after. See, that's the annoying thing.
0: Mm.
1: People come back and they're still sick. I know. And that is so hard. That was the hardest thing in my practice was I was, they were on the perfect diet. Yeah as per, you know, all the scientists, all the, all
0: the, you know, all
1: this science out there about you'll live longer. And, you know, if you starve rats, they'll live longer. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much science. And so, yeah. um, so 2020 was a, uh, like a really low time for me where I just was really disillusioned with my work and the world and my emotions, I couldn't regulate those and my relationships were struggling and my I just felt unsafe in my body, really, really unsafe. And I was starting to gain a little bit of weight and just feeling really weak. I was trying to exercise and I couldn't. Yeah. Never really been able to exercise, if I'm honest, <laughs> uh, until I started eating properly. Um, so. I was working with an incredible chiropractor locally who does something called. Have you heard of um, NET neuro? Yeah, similar to kinesiology, but yeah, yeah. So, I guess a preface to this is I've been to a lot of <laughs> 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 oh, healers. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I was uh, working with this um, chiropractor, and obviously dealing with a lot of my emotional stuff and unpacking a lot of that. And she said to me, Hey, have you heard of the root cause protocol? Like I've just stumbled upon this information. And it was so bizarre because at the same time, so she told me about that. Cause I was like on the way, on my way to get an iron infusion. So she t- told me about that. And then I came home and someone had sent me a post about the benefits of dairy. And that was a post made by, jessica ash wellness so she's big in the pro-metabolic sphere space and and i read the post and you know this like in these industries we see loads of stuff like we see oh you know the ayurvedic diet or you need to do this or you need to do that like i've a lot of people have shown me a lot of information and i have a pretty like way of delving into an understanding and there's a lot of things I've said no to like that's not yeah. gonna make sense um but I just remember reading this post on dairy after a day of telling everyone to go off dairy <laughs> and I just remember reading it and I just burst into tears and I just was like almost convulsing, like sobbing like and I just knew to my core, like I looked at my little nails covered in white spots and my skin that just felt dry. And I just was just like, yeah, dairy, of course, dairy is good for you. Like, of course it's good. Like what have I been doing the last like 20 years? Nice. Um. So it's really full on. Yeah. yeah. It was a really full on time. And then, um, Basically, I wanted to understand everything before I implemented it. So I bought all the books I could find. I um, had an appointment with, I've worked very closely. Actually, I've had many appointments with Emma. She has a business called The Nutrition Coach. Mm. And amazing. She's been doing this for like 15 years or 12 years. She's, oh okay.
0: That's Kitty. Is that the one that Kitty... Blanc- uh, yeah 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 I've just come across her too yeah so lovely and yeah
1: so grounded mm. and um she's been such an awesome mentor because it's a really scary journey like it has been a
0: a huge death of ego huge huge death <laughs> I can imagine you're literally going against what 99% of nutritionists say so yeah yeah
1: and I did everything wrong I made all the mistakes transitioning from my you know anemic diet to a fully nourished diet and I made I made the change really quickly because also yeah. at the same time I was um, looking into I like to look into people that have polar opposite perspective to me <laughs> I stumbled upon someone talking about the concept of like all in you know, going from a restrictive diet and going all in. And, and so I, I jumped all in and um, gained a shit ton of weight. <laughs> I did the same.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah nourished think- your body. That's the difference. Like felt so nourished. And I think you actually need that. I, you know, like there's probably ways to do it a bit better, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I, but I, I just felt so nourished for the first time in a really long time.
1: It's just like a... Um, like a, a sense of, like, deep stability and energy and just, like, in your core, yes. this feeling of, like, I can handle this. Like, exactly.
0: I can handle the world. <laughs> so grounded in your body.
1: So, yeah. so, and it, you can, like, it's just, yeah, you can be sceptical and that's fine and I think it's important, but just implement it for a bit and see how it feels. And it's, like, it was, like, night and day for me. Same. Um, and, and I got all the symptoms, like I did, like all the healing symptoms happened. Um, I was advised by Emma to go really slowly, by the way, (laughs) but now I'm moving into 2021 and I think 2020 was hard. 2021 for me was like, you have to show up as a warrior. Like that was full on. So I was really grateful to have that weight on my body because it just gave me, this, like, just coming into my body and being like, okay, this is it. This is your body. It's not about what you look like. It's not about the fact that you, you know, failed to be a model or it's not about, like, this is your body and and come home to it. Like, yeah, looking after it and deeply nourishing it. And because I'm such a people pleaser, I have a tendency, like, I just, I never... Felt strong enough to stand up for myself and I would often lose my words um if I was around somebody that was scary <laughs> <laughs> my friends I was always just like the people pleaser
0: yeah
1: and I had to really stand up for myself in 2021 like m- like I really had to advocate for myself and you know everyone's like what's wrong with Lydia like she's gained all this weight and she's saying like eat sugar and Yeah,
0: it was really, really hard. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And especially when, because I had a similar journey in that I've always been skinny. Mm -hmm. And so that is an identity you create for yourself as well. And it was like, I always thought I had no body issues (laughs) because, you know, some things I'd look and be like, oh, I wish, you know, had bigger boobs or this or whatever, but it was nothing. Like ultimately I was reasonably happy with my body because, I was thin and I, even though it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm skinny, but I don't feel healthy. Like I didn't feel, you know, I'd say to people, skinny doesn't always equate to health. And I could see that was what was happening in myself yet putting on weight. (laughs) has been the biggest journey for me because I've really had to come into complete acceptance of my body being so much bigger bigger than what I was when I'm pregnant, you know, like I didn't even get into a size 12 when I was pregnant. I was still just like this big ball stomach, but put on a little bit of weight, obviously, but not like this. And it's been, that has been the biggest thing. It's been a mind journey rather than (laughs) anything else of just going, can I just accept my body as it is right now? And because it was, it was an identity that I had created for myself that as ultimately just, like that's 2020, 2021, 2022. I think that's what this whole journey has been for so many people of like just pulling the rug out from under that. And um, yeah, challenging, but good, I think overall. Oh, oh, yeah. So good. Yeah.
1: So worth it. Um, and I think like with the whole weight gain thing, uh, it's a common thing for, you know, a lot of people when they move into, A type of pro-metabolic eating which of course looks different for everybody whatever but you know you go from like oh sugar's bad or dairy's bad to then being like dairy's amazing amazing and so obviously our calorie intake and also like under eating calories is suppressing thyroid hormone and you're like i want my thyroid to work it's like this panic response
0: exactly exactly what i did Yeah. yeah
1: what i did but I think like I think if someone needs to gain weight to then remember that their body isn't it's more than just it's what, what it looks like and that there's a lot more going on then awesome yeah. um, but I think I've I've actually now so I've because I was always skinny and I was always trying to be really like progressive and politically correct in terms of like you don't have to lose weight like you don't have to weigh yourself and don't count calories and I had all this like, Energy around that world, and like the fitness industry, was just like, oh no, that's toxic. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's toxic culture. You know, they're obsessed. They're obsessed. Um, and I, I definitely think there are a lot of people in the oh, yeah. are obsessed. But yeah, also in the wellness industry that are super obsessed, and it's like, well, yeah. let's
0: just and exactly. Um,
1: on my journey, I, I'm now so interested in fat loss. And I'm so interested in helping people um, learn how to restore metabolic function and be patient with fat loss, but now it's actually like an exciting thing to work on with people. Whereas it used to be, it used to really, I used to hate having to like, oh, you want to lose weight? Oh, great, like,
0: yeah, I've got <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i starve you exactly, really- because and that's why I left the fitness industry. I was so disillusioned with the whole thing and because there was was, was the extremes and the supplements I hated because I was just like, oh, my God, these are so disgusting for your body. And back then, you know, there wasn't even really many alternatives for like really nice pure ones, but um, it was this, I, at the time, you know, I was in my twenties. So I was like, oh, these women, it's their mindset. They just, they can't lose weight because it's their mindset. But I knew there was something and I I was just like so disillusioned when I stepped out of that world and I thought I will never go back (laughs) into that
1: because I went into
0: that other extreme of like, ah, the fitness (laughs) industry is so toxic and I stopped going to the gym and all of it. And um you know, come full circle basically. And I know that this pro metabolic piece is the key because Mm. the, what they teach you with nutrition in, from a fitness perspective, I, some of it, it's kind of, it's kind of there, like they've almost got it, but there's some key things I think that are missing. And one of the key things that we definitely were not taught is, and I know this is the way you do it is slow it's a slow process for fat loss and everyone wants results in oh i lost six kilos in three weeks or whatever it is and it's like yes but you're destroying your freaking body in the process and yeah i love your approach to it because as frustrating as it is like we do what we want the quick results i do too i'm like i i battle with my mind some days of going, God, I could just go and do this, this, and this. And I could be back to a size eight in six weeks. I could, but yeah. I'm not willing to do that to my body. And yeah. So I love your approach. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Like how not yeah. specific specifics, obviously, <laughs> I, just what that looks like.
1: Yeah. I love um I love everything you just said as well like that idea that the quick thing like we've been sold that that fast approach and if you can't do it quickly then I'm not going to work with you or that you failed or whatever yeah I um, just to preface what I'm about to say um we're all starting from a different place so yeah. we're all coming to uh, like our healthcare pract- practitioner or come like seeing a coach or whatever. None of us are starting at the same place. And so I would say most of my clients that I work with right now that have a lot of weight on their body to lose, like 20, 30, 40 kilos overweight, they didn't get there overnight and then mostly got there through a restrictive mindset. Mm. Most of them have been trying to lose weight from a very young age. And this restrictive mindset and these like quick fixes and cutting out this and cutting out that. And so all, to, and all a lot of them have a lot of trauma yeah. and they're currently in a lot of like stressful situations. And, you know, it's this, and this is what just, again, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say. <laughs> That's good. This is what drives me crazy about nutrition information out there and all these like sexy nutritionists that sell these books and particularly like a lot of those those male scientists that um, are selling books like <laughs> yes. fasting or eating less is anyone can go and pick up that book and read it and go oh i'm gonna start fasting tomorrow mm. without any consideration of the stress they're under uh, like they don't even know how many calories they're actually currently eating like they have yeah. no of what those macronutrients are anyway they've just got a list of foods not to eat and a list yeah. of foods to eat, and times to eat and that's where i see the most damage being done and then they just build up these philosophies around sugar being bad or meat being bad or breakfast being bad or you know and and that's what i spend most of my time in clinic doing is kind of um getting them to unlearn all these things they've read in these expert books that they've yeah.
0: Don't take into any take, don't take into consideration anything to do with their unique journey so, and whether they're a female or a male. Like that's a massive uh, one. So much of it, like all the research, is basically on men. So you know, like to be a woman in her reproductive years, you can pretty much say all of that is bullshit. None of it applies to us. <laughs> you know, like we've got to figure out a completely different way because yeah. they just don't even do the research on women at this nope. point. So especially not postpartum or you know,
1: even pregnant or breastfeed, any of that. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing that just, again, to preface the weight management thing, but like women, whether or not you have a child and grow a child and give birth to a child, your entire body is designed in a way where you are literally making an entire human from your cells. Like they don't come from thin air. They come from cells, an entire human being. So whether or not you fall pregnant and give birth and create that entire human being, you need to have really healthy energy stores and really healthy bone stores and muscle stores so that your body's not then just tapping into stress hormones and depleting itself. Whether or not you have a child, like whether or not you fall pregnant, you're still a menstruating woman or a cycling woman. Exactly. In- or whatever you're still that psychic woman
0: <laughs> exactly right yeah very,
1: but um yeah I guess the the biggest piece of the puzzle with regards to okay how do I heal my body how do I eat in a more pro-metabolic way which is essentially just food that warms your body up like that's simple really yeah. like that warms your body up balances your blood sugar levels and supports your body to then, you know, grow your hair really long or like have strong fingernails, like the stuff that's not necessary for survival, like the extra stuff that makes life fun. Yeah. So um, I think the thing we, we forget is that you want to know where you're at right now and I'm a huge fan of tracking now. I'm a huge fan of using an app like Chronometer yeah. and tracking. And it used to really, really annoy me when I was in the beginning of this um, healing journey when people would say, just track your food. And I'd be like, but how? <laughs> how do I track my food? Yeah. Like, how do I, I don't know how to do this. Like, how do I take the time to take the responsibility to show up, to get my phone out, to be honest with what I've eaten? Like, I've got a long history of pretending I'm not eating certain food.
0: Yeah, <laughs> And snacking. Snacking is yeah
1: (laughs) and um yeah that's the thing with my degree like i just i really wish my degree was a nutrition like actual nutrition like what to eat how to track Mm -hmm. it but it was way more complicated than that and just missing the foundation yeah Um, so it might sound surprising but as a nutritionist i wasn't taught how to track like i was uh, probably like don't track it's too controlling so yeah, taking the time to learn how to use those tracking apps. And that's like a huge barrier. Like a lot of my clients don't want to track. Yeah. They don't want the ability. They find it too hard. And honestly, a lot of them who, a lot of them will give up and they'll say, I can't track. It's too hard. Isn't there an easier way? And you don't have to track but don't expect body composition goals like you can have a pro metabolic way of eating and i have loads of clients that don't track but they're also not the same client like they're not expecting to lose weight or yeah. th- like they're not expecting to change their body composition so yeah. it's just be realistic like you know if you if you want a certain goal like well be realistic with
0: what you have the capacity to take on yeah and commit to it. And that is the thing. I mean, I use chronometer too. And I think it's so fascinating to, yeah, just see, just like, Oh wow, that is how much I'm eating. And um, I think it's, you know, I mean, there's some in the pro metabolic world that say you should be eating 3000 calories when you're breastfeeding. Yep. I'm like, wow, that is a lot of food. I mean, I'm definitely not doing that. Cause I was like more on the under eating side. I'm sitting around kind of 2,400 and even that for some, you know, that's pretty high, but um, yeah, I think it's so enlightening to actually see what yeah. and how much, not just how much calories, but like, I was definitely having a lot more fat probably than protein was definitely my lowest. And I was higher in fat and carbs, which is like, oh no, no wonder I was putting on weight. Because yeah. The balance is important as well.
1: Yeah. The balance is important. And I guess this is a really important thing to remember is what you're implementing now might not necessarily be what you need to implement for the rest of your life. Yeah. When I first started healing, like my calories, like they're much higher now, but my calories back then were much more just like I could only really tolerate fruit. Mm. (laughs) There's a lot of fruit with my protein and and pairing all that. And I needed a lot of sugar, like I was craving a lot of sugar
0: because I,
1: I remember listening to Ray Pete talk about um, uh, thyroid and he's like, you know, if you're someone that has a a sweet tooth and you really crave sugar, like that's the first sign that your thyroid, you're not producing enough thyroid hormone. And that made me cry when I listened to that because I was just like, I've had a sweet tooth my entire life. Like I just Um, pulled my eyes out being like, it was my thyroid this whole time.
0: It's crazy,
1: all you know, these supplements. But um, yeah, so you know there is like a healing window, and the healing window kind of sucks because the healing yeah. uh, like you do kind of have to live in a way where you're still avoiding certain foods. And you're still really having to be disciplined and it's, you know, and you're getting these like speed bumps along the way. Like my skin got really bad. Obviously I gained a bunch of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, What were my other, oh, like I had reflux to begin with. Like I had a lot of symptoms that I had to just kind of trust and work through and I just really trusted the process. But that's for everybody. Like I want to remind you I went really quickly so that doesn't happen yeah um but yeah with regards to tracking you don't have to track for the rest of your life but it's a skill and an analogy I live uh, the analogy I give a lot of my clients is like you say for example if you just took a drug and lost weight or if I just gave you supplements to fix your liver and thyroid or you know if if there was no education behind like how much fuel are you putting in your body and this is how you operate your body then you won't be self-sufficient when problems arise in the future
0: yeah and i really want people to be self-sufficient <laughs> yeah it's like that whole give a man a fish or teach him to fish isn't it like you can yeah. give the fish and they can lose the weight and they'll have absolutely no idea how to eat properly
1: yeah
0: and support their body and do all those things. Or it's like, this is how you fish, this is how you support your body. It takes longer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're so attached to the like fast results. Yes. But it's like, yeah, I think I've just got to that point as well in my life where it's like, well, I'm just not willing to do it the other way. I've spent my whole life chasing the fast results <laughs> to realize that it doesn't work so well. So yeah,
1: I didn't finish that analogy, did I? <laughs> I just kind <laughs> of <That's- laughs> You're like, yeah, I really like your one. <laughs> I'm gonna say about a car, but yours is <laughs> one, write yeah. that down. so yeah. um, obviously with weight management, like you do have to be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Um but not a crazy calorie deficit and not for six years, not even for a yes. year. You know, you only wanna be in a deficit for really short periods of time as well because yeah. If you're in a deficit for too long there is that metabolic adaptation yeah um, and as you were saying before with the fitness industry like there is that really important piece where the fitness industry will kind of say like oh a protein
0: bar is just as good as like you know a piece of steak and you know <sighs> oh.
1: <they're>
0: very <laughs> yeah calories in versus calories out that was it there was yeah. no like it doesn't matter what the calories yeah. came from it's just yeah. so long as they're lower than what, you know, like your output's higher than what you're putting in, you'll lose weight. And, like, yeah, you will, but you'll be so undernourished and yeah. destroying your body in the process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, you mm-hmm.
1: know, increasing thyroid function, increasing stress hormones, lot, like mood all over the place. Yeah sleep all over the place and gut health all over the place and yeah. hormones and all of it, you know, skin health, like the whole picture. I always think of um, my body as though I'm like a plant. And, you know, I say to people, yeah, you know, uh, an indoor plant, we're like indoor plants. We're not like plants out in the rainforest living their natural lives. We're indoor plants. We're in a stressful environment. And yeah. the indoor plants that are surviving on very little water and sunlight yeah. <laughs> like shit yeah,
0: exactly some of my plants probably
1: <laughs> yes. survive a very long time like that you um, can just because you can doesn't mean you should and doesn't exactly. mean exactly I feel like I go on quite a lot of tangents so I don't am oh, the same
0: no <laughs> this is pretty much out I'm. I'm exactly the same yeah <laughs> <gasps> so it's good because I feel like we're covering all of it anyway like everything that I wanted to speak about because I do I think it's so important to we there is a healing phase first and um yeah yeah, I think we can be so addicted to just wanting to lose weight that people want to bypass that and Mm -hmm. yeah I've been very tempted (laughs) many times to just yeah bugger I'll just do it but I know and I I had an experience I was sharing with you before, you know, in the gym the other day where I just trained too hard and I woke up classic two thirty in the morning and my body was just like I was wide awake and I was like, holy shit, my metabolism is not happy about this workout. Like there's so much more than just waking up with sore muscles. Um, people think if you wake up with sore muscles that oh i've I've trained hard enough or, train too hard or whatever, but it's, that doesn't, it's not really a great indicator. I don't think there's so many other things that our bodies are showing us. And, you know, you're saying before how putting on weight, it's really changed your um, connection and things with your body. And I think it's been the same for me. Like I was nowhere near as connected to what is going on in my body as what I am now. And um, yeah, it's been so fascinating because You know, if normally I would say, or years ago, I probably would have disconnected from my body, being like, "Oh my gosh, I just need to get this weight off." Whereas, it's taken me on a completely different journey of like going, "Okay, what is going on?" and really noticing all of the little things and the sugar cravings. Yes, like that has been a massive one, and for me, my whole life as well. And even now in this healing phase, I notice when I'm not, I would, you know, it's definitely taken longer. I think for me than it could have because i haven't been as committed to it as i needed to and just having four kids and a family it's like it's a lot with prepping meals and all of those things and i know it's totally an excuse <laughs> but also the reality sometimes and it's like i've also just had to give myself some grace as well and just go okay i'm okay for this to take a bit longer because mm. i notice myself falling back into that old pattern of under eating Like I was like, I'd always have breakfast, I'd always have dinner, but I'd mostly just snack during the day because it, it was easy, you know, get the kids their food or whatever, but you just snack or eat what they didn't eat or <laughs> whatever. It's such a classic mum thing. That's um, nice. so I've really had to teach myself to have lunch, like that's been a massive thing for me. I never I didn't have lunch for probably like years. I've every now and then I would, but the vast majority of time it'd be no lunch and so just the implementing that one thing, I think, was a massive shift, I noticed. Um, mm. And I think it, that's what it is. It's just these small changes over time rather than trying to go, at a, you know, like a bull at a gate and just go so fast. And you don't actually, it's not sustainable because you don't learn and you don't, you don't create the changes of the habits that need to happen um, for it to be sustainable.
1: Yeah. And you know, off the back of that, say it takes you five years to reach your goals, you know, I guess just before I go into that, like for me with my journey. So I worked with Emma and then after working with Emma, I gained a bunch of weight and it then took me nine months from the time I said start tracking to the time I actually implemented tracking. Wow. And people are so obsessed, like it's really interesting because obviously I work I, I work and operate and live in a small town. So people see me, they see my body, they see the changes and and people now look at my body now because I've done two fat loss phases this year. So I've, I've dropped 13.5 kilos and I'll drop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I look like I've built all this muscle. So I've got like muscle in my body. And yeah. I say to you, I look incredible, like is just the biggest like, I could never have said that ever, but it's because I've achieved something. Like I'm running this ship, like I'm working on it myself. Yeah, Um, it's not just like naturally gifted to me, or like I'm just under eating or confused about the process.
0: Yeah,
1: strength training part which I haven't really shared about, but that's been so awesome. It's It's huge. Yeah, you know, people say to me, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" and and you know, I wish I could do that. I can't. It's too hard, or whatever you know, I just want it to happen quickly. And I'm like, this has been a long journey, really. Like it hasn't happened overnight, but it's like, it's worth it to take the time. And that's what I say to my clients, like say this takes you five years, like how many, cause I have clients that, as I said, they've got 40 kilos to lose. They've been trying to lose weight for 20 years. Um, and I'm like, say this takes you five years to get to your goal body size and you've got health and vitality. You have clarity around your nutrition. You're feeling confident, not perfect health. Cause perfect health is an illusion. Yeah. I'm not saying perfect health. I'm saying, you know, you just, you feel in control
0: and you understand yeah. sustainable.
1: Sustainable. Yeah. Imagine that takes you five years. Like if you live until you're 90, that is a drop in the ocean
0: of time.
1: Um, and what was really humbling for me as a practitioner is i honestly have clients that are 76 78 years of age sitting in front of me overweight trying to lose weight and feeling like crap and they're not eating properly yeah oh, that is hard to see yeah
0: i can imagine feel
1: like oh, you're like just live in your body like you're yeah. so still be alive just live in your body, eat the food, enjoy your life, you know, move. And they're just obsessed. Like if I just lose the weight, then are not, you know, my, my cardiologist said if I can lose, you know, 20 kilos, then I won't have a heart attack. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, please eat breakfast.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's really hard. And
1: yeah. that's a wake-up call, you know. Like, we're not going to magically just one day feel good in our skin. We're not going to magically just one day make ourselves lunch and be nourished. Like, you've got to go through the hard work.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You've got to apply it day after day, imperfectly, not perfect. Yeah.
0: Yep. Imperfectly. Exactly. But- and getting back on the wagon when you ultimately fall off every single time. <laughs> like, it, you will, you know, like... Yeah, it's it. That's the it's the discipline I think, and it's like coming. um, It's the same with exercise. Like you can miss a week of exercising, and it's like, okay, you missed a week. You know, instead of going, oh well, I've buggered it up now. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to go do that workout today.
1: Yeah, the concept
0: again. Mm. Yeah,
1: like I guess that's a really important thing for me to share. Is I'm not a naturally well. I have learned. I'm learning discipline it doesn't come that i used to fantasize about being ocd or something and I, was, <laughs> I actually do have ocd but i'm not naturally disciplined i always yeah. had a bedroom as a child like i'm a creative Same. um and this is the most disciplined i've ever been and i wouldn't say anything it's not because i've done anything magical it's just because i was more nourished and so my nerves system could regulate so I had space and clarity to think about things beyond just like surviving
0: (laughs) so true it's all linked in isn't it
1: yeah and like the other thing is people don't want to because I started going to the gym I started going to a local gym and I started going there when I had the extra fat on my body and a lot of people think like oh let's lose weight and then I'll go to the gym." And don't go to the gym thinking you're going to lose weight. But, like, it was really hard work lifting, you know, the extra 20 kilos on my body and trying to, like, it was really hard. But now, you know, it's like I just stuck to it three times a week. That's all I do. I just do strength. And now it's like I'm back squatting 100 kilos and deadlifting 130 kilos. and, And I'm now become the person in the class. that's like really good. Like it felt like that happened quickly, but
0: you know, it's was like a, almost two years. Yeah. Which is amazing though. Like it's, yeah, I think, I don't know how, you know, if you've delved into the whole new age world, but I know like strength training, it was so, I went from, you know, being a personal trainer, working out, doing weights, did cardio as well back then as well, but yeah, weights to going into the new age world of like yoga and, um, Oh, it's you no, know, that's not feminine to lift weights and <laughs> ended up like, I mean, obviously the whole journey with like very, I would say severe postnatal depletion. I tried to get on my bike one day. I remembered. And I couldn't even ride. I had no strength in my legs to ride my bike to the end of the street. And I was like, what the hell has happened to me? Like I, I, used to you know ride a bike with a trailer behind it and the kids in the back and you know like to not even be able to just push these pedals i was like oh my gosh that was the biggest wake up call for me and as much as i wanted to build that strength the nourishment had to come first i you know it was a good year or more of just focusing on food before i could even exercise because i would exercise and i would wipe myself out for 2 weeks i literally just could not do anything and So the food had to come first. I had to nourish and nourish. And it's only just been this year that I have started back um, doing weights and that again. And even that, you know, I have to watch if I, my, I have a natural tendency to push myself. (laughs) So, you know, that um, I have to watch that because otherwise that is what happened the other night where I was just like awake at 2.30 going, oh shit, I probably, I went a bit hard. Like, Lifting heavy weights is great, but we also have to build that resilience in our body and heal the metabolism first before we get into two two heavy weights. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I was the opposite to you. I didn't push myself very hard in the beginning. I've never really pushed myself physically very hard. I always, <laughs> oh, that's enough. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and as you get stronger and you eat more, you're like, oh, I can't. Yeah that's such an interesting uh, wake up call when you couldn't ride your bike. Like that's something that's really, cool. I used to, um, I used to do a lot of yoga. Um, my old clinic room actually used to be in a local yoga studio, which is so beautiful. And my sister's a yoga teacher and all that, but I actually got too fat to do yoga. <laughs> <sighs> it was just so uncomfortable. Like you have yeah. with your, you know, your hands and, hands you're on your hands and knees or something and you're trying to put your leg up next to your hand and you just got all these tummy rolls and it's just like it's so and yeah. you feel on your body and I wasn't feeling stronger and I felt like I was kicked out of the yoga studio club because <laughs> I, a bit heavier <laughs> yeah being nutrition that aligned with yoga philosophies anymore and
0: yeah yeah, yeah same Journey
1: in itself. I feel yeah. like the wellness community. I feel like I'm kicked out of the yoga community. I
0: feel like I'm yeah, island of my own. But what I see happening is that more and more people are finding this and realizing that actually, you know, there's still a lot that are very attached to their identity of being plant-based, whether it's vegan or vegetarian. Um, but so many that i speak to even if they're not ready to relinquish that yet there's so like so many health issues going on um that they're not yet ready to put the pieces together that it's related to their diet that it's just you know all of these other factors but Um, Then there's some that are just realizing like, you know what, I, I know, I know this is, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and she's like, I know I need to eat meat and I know I need to incorporate these foods back in. It's just getting my mind around it because the, the ideology of, you know, the, that world is so strong that it's overriding her own knowing that her body is really struggling with it. And I just, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's like I said, you just have to go gently on yourself and know what you can, but no, ultimately, you know what you need to do, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. And like, that's really familiar for me as well. You know, I still even get this little weird thing when I'm at the coffee shop ordering a skim milk latte with one sugar. Like there's a part of me that's just like, who are you? Like the barista's judging me because he knows that sugar's bad and you know the other barista's judging me because he's read how important full fat milk is or oat milk or whole you know, like I've yeah, got yeah. It like, just in my head, right? Yeah. Um and and it is hard. It's really, really hard to make that change. It's, it's really confronting. But one thing I will say is as a practitioner, my job is so much better now. Mm. Like the results I have in clients is insane. Like the, just the stuff you see being healed and the empowered, like how strong these people People become and just the stuff they overcome, and it's just amazing. Like I used to be the person, you know, they'd come see me. I'm like, okay, so you can't eat this. I used to do the allergy testing thing. You can't eat this. You can't eat that, and they'd go away and they'd feel better, but totally like overwhelmed by food being good and bad. Yeah. Um. And now I just, I actually a lot of my clients are those people that are recovering from the wellness industry. Yeah. And they're just doing so well, and they have energy sleep and sex drive and it's just awesome that's so, so good that's the best part that's honestly yeah. the best part of this whole thing
0: yeah. <laughs> there's no denying like it works and it it is actually the real science of how our body works what we need <laughs> um yeah. yeah and just yeah I mean I've I'll admit I'm still getting my head around the low-fat dairy stuff I still have not been able to <laughs> get on board with that and I I don't know I think maybe there'll be a balance for me of both I love raw milk like I get raw cow's milk and that's um we're lucky that it's very easy to access up here and so yeah I don't know but I also see when I look at my tracking it's like far out the fat (laughs) fat is It's high in my diet um, because of that, and just you know other things, eggs and whatever. So yeah, it is like a balance of yeah, getting
1: it. It's also looking at at your goals. Like I'd say, a breastfeeding mother would need Mm -hmm. a lot more fat than a woman that's that's not. And you know, you're trying to do you know you're changing your body composition. Well, dropping your fat a little bit is helpful, but it's not no fat. Like, so say in the deficits that I do for myself, my fat is around 50 grams of fat per day, which is yeah. low, like lowest yeah. I would go lower for yeah. fat, But I can sometimes have four eggs <laughs> in a day when I'm only having 50 grams of fat because I'm having low fat milk. And the other thing yeah. is milk quite a lot for calories. Um, I love hot drinks. I love um, milky stuff. Like I've always loved a milky thing. And like I was doing the full fat thing um, because I, again, had that story that skim milk's rubbish. And so that was the hardest part for me as well was being like, oh, but it's skim milk. And I even feel a bit weird when I'm buying it at the supermarket. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I always think if I had a cow and I wish I had a cow, that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah. and I was milking the cow, I would most likely be taking the fat off and I would be separating the fat. And I would use that for cream or butter, or I would use it to make, you know, other stuff. And I would predominantly be drinking the milk as kind of like the leftover yeah. because there's so many amazing things you can make from dairy, ice cream, like so many things that taste better than just a plain glass of milk. Yeah. And so but the story I've told myself, and that's something I've been studying as well, is like, well, how unnatural is skim milk? Because, you know, my auntie the other day, she was visiting and she saw me having that. She's like, skim milk? That's the waste of the, you know, that stuff's rubbish. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh.
0: I always um, just like, thought it was watered down like normal milk that had, like, that had been watered down, no? Yeah, I never really true. looked into it, just skimmed, just had the fat skimmed off.
1: Yeah, Yeah. obviously, some brands where they might add something to like emulsify the fat or like dissolve, like a permeate or something. I don't Ah.
0: really.
1: But um, Norco, for example, is permeate free, so it's just like a separation thing. Yeah, Um, I'm no dairy farmer, so no, me neither. That's (laughs) Um, technically skimmed milk, so the cream would go elsewhere. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's my theory. And I, um, can, access, I can access raw dairy um, and I do, a, I do the same thing where I will just take the fat off mm. and I'll let it set. It's quite easy to do and take the fat away and that's essentially
0: light milk. There you go. I'll have to look into that. I just try it. I just love the I'm the same. I'm a I love the creaminess and that of milk. But yeah, probably while I'm breastfeeding, it's not such a big deal. But um yeah, I think mine is like a hundred grams of fat or something at the moment. I'll have I can't even remember eighty or hundred, it's up there in what they suggest for the mm.
1: well. I would yeah. say like thing is never go into any kind of deficit while still breastfeeding. And I know you know mm. that just don't even like if you're craving the fat you eat the fat and you just make peace with all the amazing things your body's doing yeah and that's the thing with weight management is we think I'll never lose this fat mm. don't attach to it you can change your body composition time in your that's life
0: right.
1: it's easier to do it when you're nourished
0: that's right totally mm. agree yeah <laughs> amazing thank you so much it's been so good chatting <laughs> with you <laughs> I feel like we could chat all day. <laughs> oh so good so before we wrap up do you want to just share where people can find you um I will put the links and stuff in the show notes as well but if there's anything you want to yeah
1: um internal dot instinct on instagram it's where I take out a lot of my um, emotions
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love your stories
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of free content. I think people share a lot on Instagram and, and I share a lot on there as well. Um, yeah. And then internalinstinct.com is where you can find my website. Amazing. And I work a lot with clients via Zoom and in person. Yeah. Released a fat loss program, which I never thought I'd do in my life. Oh, and wow. It's the best things ever. It's just awesome. Um, and it just works so well. So, and that's, I want to just kind of really give, um, Libby Westcomb a lot of credit for that yeah. as well. She's incredible. So she is. Cool
0: as well. Yeah. She shares a lot of amazing information as well. I think, um, yeah, so your fat loss program. Is that like a, a course or is that just one-on-one with you or,
1: yeah, so there's a three month or six month or a twelve month, hmm. and so basically it's one on one consultations, but it's all wrapped up in a program. So one on one consultations that are all booked in at regular intervals, and there's like in between coaching and um, like we have a chat every week, but that's not on the that's not in person or over um, phone. It's just we have like a setup of communicating and yeah, that's awesome because yeah. Like we we always say, like, oh, I know what I need to do, but the accountability aspect, the showing up, and just not overcomplicating it. Like yeah. every client that's tried to lose weight before they've come to see me and done the program, they've overcomplicated it. Yeah. They've tried everything at once, and it's like just strip it back and have someone outside of your head direct you as to where to go.
0: Yeah, um, so beneficial.
1: And as you say, like people just want to rush into a fat loss phase, but it never works. It no. never, ever works. And yeah. I, yeah, so just like the fat loss program isn't just like sign up and do the fat loss. It's sign yeah. up, where you're at and stay at maintenance for as long as possible, but work towards the habits needed to go into the fat loss phase.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly where I feel like I'm at at the moment. I'm just building the habits and just, yeah. you know, just trusting that doing the exercise, but, not to yeah like I said not going to into the deficit and just building that as it's a lifestyle that's the biggest thing I think is that this whole world is about just creating and I know they do say that a lot in all these other things it's a bit of a buzz thing but it's actual bullshit when they say it because it's not sustainable what they're saying is going to be a lifestyle but this is just eating properly, eating regularly, especially as, you know, women in our reproductive years, blood sugar regulation, I think is massive oh, yeah. um, and just building sustainable uh, habits with exercise. And I love that. Yeah. It, it only needs to be three times a week. You can get results doing three times a week of weights, obviously walking or whatever other days, but it's not as full on and complicated as, it gets made out to be but yeah I love that you have a program because I think that accountability is huge I know for me if I know I'm showing up to have a conversation with someone and I, I'll make sure I bloody do it because I hate I hate rocking up and going yeah I didn't do that thing that I was meant to do and yeah yeah On that,
1: like making the thing that you needed to do accessible yes really, like that's the other problem is save all the things you're like oh go do all these things like get fifteen thousand steps strength train eat this many calories you know go to bed yeah <laughs> like it's like well i'm not gonna do all that like, no. I'm like I'm, i might do it and then i'll burn out or whatever that's right so, yeah that's the best part is just like learning how to do it sustainably um and just on that as well you know people really associate exercise with weight loss unfairly i think yeah. they I'll start exercising and I'll lose weight. And yeah. I was doing like fourteen thousand steps a day. I was strength training three days a week, and my weight did not budge. Yeah, like it did not budge, and I wasn't expecting it to. If I'm yep. honest, um, it did not budge until I went into a deficit. Yep. But deficit, like because I'd done so well with everything that 500 calorie deficit for a short period of time and the weight just fell off me
0: <laughs> and it yeah. does. It falls yeah. Off. <laughs> yeah. Cause your body can handle it. Cause it's not in a stressed state. You've nourished it enough so that when you go into that deficit, it's not all of a sudden like, Holy shit, what are you doing? I, I don't have enough resources and your body's not going into a state of stress. It's like, Oh, okay. No, this is fine. I I'm resourced enough that I can do this. So Yeah
1: awesome we just Amazing. went there didn't we that was cool <laughs> yeah perfect so well, it has been so much fun
0: thank you oh thank you thank you for your time it's greatly appreciated thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the journey of woman podcast it truly is the greatest honor to have you take time out of your day to have these words land in your ears Time is so precious and it truly means the world to me when you choose to invest your time here with me and my guests. And one final note before I leave you today. If you enjoyed this episode, then please take a screenshot and share it over on the gram or Facebook and make sure you tag me and my guests and tell us what you loved about it. When you share with your friends and family, that helps me to get these episodes into more ears. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. Have yourself an amazing day. and I will see you.